Real Fun DC. Hospitality and a little bit of sass are always on the menu. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Hey everybody and welcome to Industry Night with me, Nikki Nellis, the show that takes you on a deep dive into the happenings of the hospitality industry. Now sometimes there's a focus on culture and sometimes there's a focus on travel trends uh, and sometimes there's a focus on passion projects, but it all comes back to the industry. So it is really autumnal out there and everyone is trying to get all their events and festivals and openings in before that first week of November, especially here in the DC market because the election sort of just takes over even though we're not in politics nobody wants to spend any money or do anything until it's over so everything is just sort of crammed in right now and no surprise it's all delicious now you know where to find out all of it go to the list are you on it.com we have every food and wine event happening in the DC metro area as well as every opening every restaurant coming soon and of course every promotion happening in and around the area. You want to follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can keep up with all of the happenings. So if you weren't following me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, then you missed out on some of the fabulous things I did this week. So a quick tour. So I checked out Le Petit Chef at JW Marriott. This an interesting activation and it's not for everyone because it's really interactive dining so you are seated at a table that broadcasts uh, that broadcasts from above this sort of 3d cartoon and it interacts with you while you're eating so it tells a story about a culinary journey and then let's say they're talking tomatoes and then the dish that they bring out for you is tomatoes it's different and it's cool. I'm still not sure who it's for, uh, but my table certainly had a good time with it. Uh, and you can check that out at the JW Marriott. It is called Le Petit Chef. Um, and I think you're gonna see more things like this uh, happening as a way to engage people with their food and technology. Okay, Kyle Daly and his team at Dauphines have launched lunch. I think you're seeing more restaurants finally opening up their doors for lunch. I went in the New Orleans style restaurant, had lots of fresh seafood, obviously Kyle charcuterie, hot biscuits and honey butter, stacked muffalettas and poor boys. And I wound up spending the day there. I did lunch, I had a meeting, and then I met people for happy hour. It's a great place to spend the day. I highly recommend it. Uh, popped in at dinner at Amazonia. Once again, this new Peruvian hotspot is just taking over the city. They just got a nod from Tom Sitsuma in the Washington Post food section. Um, Washington Post magazine this week and there is a reason the vibe is amazing the drinks are fabulous and the chef there is really executing authentic Peruvian cuisine and it is just delicious now we have talked about the Capital Jewish Museum Food Festival on this show and last week it actually happened and I just have to give a shout out to the glorious day that it was Thousands of people came downtown. There were tastes from area restaurants, and the programming was really incredible. Joe Nathan, Susan Varakis, Bonnie Benwick all did food demos, and then I had the opportunity to be on the main stage with Michael Twitty, which was just an honor. Uh, if you're not familiar with Michael Twitty, he, um, he did the Cooking Gene book, and uh, most recently he just launched Koser Shull which uh, Kosher Soul, excuse me, which is his new book that digs down deep. He really wants to 
better express the commonality between the culinary and cultural roots of his enslaved ancestors and his Jewish heritage and the persecution of Jews. And it's just an amazing conversation. And um, I was so thrilled to be able to facilitate that with him. I'm still sort of on a high from it. Uh, okay, Namako, which is the latest from Michael Schlau. I was just there the other night new Japanese restaurant in the city, and it's really his take on Japanese cuisine. But I will tell you, the fish is pristine and the rice is the right temperature. So everything is just a little bit above room temperature, so it just melts in your mouth. Um, there is amazing Wagyu for those Wagyu lovers out there. A miso matzo ball soup, which is really creative and yummy and is going to be great in the middle of winter. And Alex Levin, the pastry chef for all of Michael Schlau's uh, products. Um, he has a soft serve that is so full of umami. It has a little bit of truffle in it and a little bit of spice in it, but it still has a caramel on top. Um, it was delicious, and we advise that they open up a soft serve window for the summer because um, it's really unique and delicious. Now, I was at the Embassy Chef Challenge last night. It was an incredible experience. I got to emcee the event. I got to walk around and interview all the chefs, and I will get to that next week's show because I really need to sort of download from all that um, for uh, just the evening. I'm still kind of I'm still kind of flighty from it because it was a long, long day, uh, but amazing chefs from Pakistan and uh, Mexico and um, Peru all won awards last night. And uh, the embassy community just loves being able to be a part of the chef community here. So for those of you who were there, you know how exciting it was. Um, 1600 people were there. It was quite the event. Okay, so a few months ago, I got a call from Baltimore on my phone, and his name was Dante Aaron, and he asked me, oh, Aaron Dante, I have it backwards, Aaron Dante, and he asked me if I would come on his podcast, No Picks After Dark. Now, I never say no to a media opportunity, so I was like, sure, but then I did my homework, and Aaron has been called by several associations now the best podcast in Baltimore for several years running and he has totally launched his career and he is just everywhere all around Baltimore and there are so few people who have their finger on their pulse the way he does so I'm so excited to bring him on my show today I know he wants to come into the DC market I'm hoping he's not going after my job but he and I will get into that later in the show but first now, last week we talked about food rescue, rescue, excuse me, and how we can all help eliminate food waste and get viable food into the hands of those who need it. We're following up on that a little bit. Jackie Carlo of Mana Food Center, she's popping in to chat about the DMV Recovery Week, what that means, and Mana's involvement. Hey, Jackie, how are you? Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, great to see you, Nick. It's good to see you. All right, DMV Recovery Week. What do we got going on? When is it? What is it? Tell me what's happening. For sure. Well, it's happening next week. But uh, before I get into details, I do want to just give you a shout out and thank you and and the list you're on it for being our media partner because um, it's just, this is so helpful to us to get the the word out that there that as we 
um, waste less food. We can feed more people. We can also protect the planet. So that that's the idea of food recovery um, in general. And um, we dedicate a whole week and we've done this for, this will be our fifth year now. So um, is starting coming up on uh, October 16th and going through October 21st, we have a whole set of regional activities um, that help us uh, address the really um, disconcerting uh, reality of, of food insecurity in our region. In Montgomery County, which is where our Mana Food Center is based, if you are looking at five kids, two of them uh, are needing free or reduced meals in the public schools. Mm -hmm. And that means that they don't always know where their next meal is coming from. Sometimes their parents are skipping meals and they need to go to school to get healthy, nutritious, culturally appropriate food. Um, we try to provide, along with our partners, access to to, to food um, outside of the school and anywhere in the in the community. And one of the re ways we get food is to rescue it, um, whether it's from farmers markets, uh, like Central Farm Markets. So I I know say, you guys, you guys do a lot of work with Central Farm Markets. They're yeah. Deb, Mitch Berliner, and Deb Mozart. I mean, they're just. Their hearts are in the right place. They're such great people. They're amazing icons and, and they get things done and they include MANA as one of their partners and we really appreciate that. So um, we have partners all over the county who, if we rescue food or we learn about a, a, a food opportunity, whether it's after a catering event or after a farmer's market or at a grocery store like Wegmans, who I know you were talking to a couple weeks ago, we can dispatch either food rescue organizations um, like ourselves or even food runners, volunteer food runners to get that food and safely take it to um, Shepherd's Table in Silver Spring or Bethesda Cares and make sure the people who are um, trying to make ends meet and trying to get uh, their table set with good food um, receive it. So that's the kind of activity that we're uplifting in this fifth annual uh, food recovery week. We have it's a regional event, so Prince George's County Equity Council is involved, the Montgomery County Food Council, the the DC uh, Food Recovery Work Group. All of those folks are involved, and we're really excited to make a lot of different things happen. So let's talk about how the layperson can get involved with this, because you have a lot of virtual events, you have a lot of conversations, you have panels, you have talks. What, what's there for people? Um, because I, I think as a lay person, I mean, I'm a proponent of everything that you do, but you know, when you're not involved in it, you, you don't know how to help. You know, like gleaning is such a, a, a great term. You know, years ago it was gleaning from the farms to get the food that nobody wanted on the ground into the hands of people who needed it. But the problem always was the transfer. There were no drivers, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's still part of the issue today is that you have the food and you have the need. It's just about getting it, getting it there, the transport. So what are you all doing now to assist with that? And how can people like me or our listeners help out? Definitely, we um, want folks to be able to volunteer with any of the groups that are um, sponsoring this week. So if they go to dmvfoodrecoveryweek.org, uh, your listeners can uh, get connected with great groups like ours. In Montgomery County, for instance, we have community food rescue food runners who do those um, pickups between one place and get the food to another. But in terms of um, what 
people can experience ne next week, uh, you mentioned gleaning. So we have a tour, an in-person tour at Coiner Farm in Silver Spring, which is a really innovative urban farm, 10-minute walk from downtown Silver Spring. If you sign up at the that website, dmbfoodrecoveryweek.org, you can take that tour, see what the farmers are doing there, and get involved in relationship with them for opportunities year round, or at least during the season, um, uh, to be participating in the work that we do with farmers all over Montgomery County. Um, virtually, uh, a lot of, you know, you mentioned, uh, a lot of these things resonate with people in terms of wasting less food and feeding more people, but it all starts at home. And so we try to give folks tips, especially for protecting the planet on how to get creative with leftovers instead of tossing them out or how to use kitchen scraps to regrow vegetables in your, on your patio or in your kitchen. So again, if you register for those, um, we do appreciate everybody register in advance so we can give you updates and the right Zoom links. So if you register at dmvfoodrecoveryweek.org, you can um, patch into one of those virtual webinars, one's even in, in Spanish. So those are the kinds of things we're, we're trying to give tangible opportunities. We have a cooking competition um, at the new Marriott headquarters on Friday. We're going to be streaming that on Facebook. And then we have these learning and panel discussions all week long. And the full set of opportunities is on that website. Well, let's talk about the cooking competition because it's not, you're just not giving people food chef's food to cook what are you what's what's the what's the issue there what are we trying to do how are we trying to educate people yeah so well we're we're um we're trying to give our partners who are you know some of marriott's top chefs and and some folks from our our food assistant networks who are going to be sous chefs we're have a chance for them to get some bragging rights because this is a tough competition um what happens is is that the chefs and their partner sous chefs are given recovered food, actual recovered food that comes from community food rescue or our farm to food bank program. And there's a challenge. Okay, what can you make with this? It's time limited. Uh, they have a few minutes and then celebrity judges from the community um, decide which one has been the best. Now, because it is at the, the new headquarters, we're able this year to do a, um, a culinary challenge that's for a cocktail. So we're going to have mixologists also, um, participating. We, the judges and the, the, the spectators will not be participating, but we, we know that, um, the, the taste, I know it, it's not, it's not after work hours, but, um, that's a new element and uh, that's just, keeps proving that whether it's food, whether it's beverage, we don't want food to go to waste and we want um, food to to be used as creatively as possible in your home and out in the community. Well, I think that is uh, terrific. Other than the cooking competition, what are you looking forward to most next week? Like what's one of the conversations out there that you're like, I can't wait for people to hear this? Well, I... I mean, all of them, I can't wait to hear. I wish I could be on every single one, but I'm definitely going to try to get to the farm tour because I, I love being out with the farmers in person. And then the seminar is that um, I've, I'm not going to try to get creative. Um, my cooking is limited, but this idea, I, I do try to, I have a bit of a green thumb. So this um, idea of using kitchen scraps to regrow vegetables. I'm really curious, like, how does that work? And what, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to grow potatoes? Am I going to grow figs? What am I going to grow? So I'm looking forward to that one. I was thinking, so, I mean, I compost, so I was thinking that it was more in that realm, but it sounds like it's even more advanced than that. 
Well, I don't want to intimidate him. All, all comers, beginners to advanced uh, gardeners are welcome. Uh, and that's the case with all of these that you can find at, uh, at dmvfoodrecoveryweek.org. Total? Because it's a lot. How many total? How many events total? That's a, that's great. I think we're up to about eight, at least one a day and maybe a couple more. Great. All right. Jackie, thank you so much for popping in on the show. I, you know, anything we can do to help promote what you all are doing, it's so important. And it's not just important for people to sit back and, and learn and, and watch, but it's also important that people really get involved because it just it just doesn't happen on its own. Um, so tell everybody once again, please, where we can find out all the details and how we can be involved past this with everything that you all do. For sure. I'll, I'll say it a little bit slowly so everybody can log on to DM, as in Montgomery V, foodrecoveryweek.org. That's where all of the schedules happens and you can find about out about our great re regional partners. We would love it at Mana Food Center if you followed us on social at Mana Food Center. Um, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and that's where year-round you can help us be a food runner. You can go to Gleanings. You can do a food drive for us. Um, we're, we're doing a lot of amazing things, and we'd welcome any followers to that. And I'm just curious, because you guys do a lot of fundraising and things of that nature, and with the holidays coming up, is there any special programming that you want to give a shout-out to now, or I just was thinking about that? Well, thank you. We really want folks to be able to have um, abundant holiday seasons. And so we will be continuing our food distributions at, at 20 different locations around the county through the holidays. And so we always say we need food, funds, and friends. And if you go to manafood.org, you can learn about how to participate in those activities. Excellent, Jackie. Thank you so much. It's good to see you. And I'm very eager to learn more next week. Thanks so much for this opportunity, and you guys have a great time with the rest of the conversation. Great. Thanks, Jackie. All right, Aaron. Aaron, Dante, No Pick After Dark, the podcast podcast of Baltimore. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm great. I'm great. So I let's talk about how you got into podcasting. I don't bring a lot of fellow podcasters on the show, um, and I think that everybody thinks they can just you know, do a podcast until they get on and they realize I don't have much to say. So how did you get into, uh, you know, this sort of part of journalism? So this part, you know, I wanted something to make for my son. Uh, I have a son by the name of Luca. And uh, I wanted him to know some stories about his dad and his dad's friends and great things they have done, trials and tribulations they've gone through. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the big things I really wanted to go after. And that's how it started, just telling stories. And I don't think everybody can do storytelling. I think you have to have a gift to do it. And, you know, it's in the captivate the audience. So I, that was one of the things that's been passed down from generation to generation for me, from me. And I want to tell stories and the podcast just as a way to communicate that. And, you know, as you know, audio is always here forever. So. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about telling stories, uh, you do much more than that. I mean, you know, you could just turn on a mic and tell your story or, you know, pontificate about whatever it is that happened for you that day. But you're doing much more than that. You're doing interviews. And that is a real, that's real work. That's a real talent. Storytelling is a real talent too, because we've certainly heard people go on and on and on and on. They're not really, they're not telling a story that's engaging. So being able to tell your story, tell it in a way that um, engages the listener is important. 
but then to bring on another person and help them share their stories. How did you, how did that become part of what you wanted to do? You know, originally that's what I, that's what I set out to be. I just wanted to interview friends and, you know, interviewing them, understanding their stories and asking the right, asking the right questions, keeping the audience captivated. And these are things that you learn over time, you know, it's not learned overnight, but I like people, I tell people, people are my drug and I enjoy being around them. And I love learning about you. I love learning about what you have going on. And so I'm really interested in it. It shows through camera lens or even through, through your ears that we really are involved. So I like to learn a little bit about the person and I do my homework. And that's what makes it come to across so well is doing your homework. Like you said earlier today, you did your homework on me and you're like, okay, let me find a little bit more about him. I did my homework on you. I've, I researched you probably for a month before I reached out to you. I want to know, I want to know everything about you before you, before I say, we say, Aaron, I don't know about this. Well, I'm like, Hey, didn't you do this or this? You want to do your homework? Because people, when you know somebody that's homework on you, you get happy. So that's where the questions come. And it's a great conversation. So I really do a pre interview with everybody just to make sure we're all on the same page and that we have that great chemistry. Well, I agree with you on that. I mean, it is really hard to do an interview with somebody that you're like, I don't think I like you or <laughs> I'm not interested, you know, right. and I'm sure you've been there. Actually, I've had several people, uh, not really as much on this show, but who come on foodie and the beast cause it's a 10 minute interview and, um, they just don't have much to say, you know, some people don't know how to tell their story, even when they're really passionate about who they are and what they do. They don't, they don't have the words to uh, explain it. And that as an interviewer can be really tough. So now when did you launch? Because you have won the 2020, 2021 and 2022 Reader's Choice Best of Baltimore for the Baltimore Sun uh, and and for Baltimore Magazine, right? Am I got that right? Yes, so when did you start your podcast? 2019, March 1st, 2019. Wow. And uh, I, I remember starting it that day and I was nervous because I didn't know if people were going to listen. And again, this wasn't, it wasn't for Baltimore originally. I always tell people it was never for Baltimore. It was all for my college friends. They live in Philly, DC, New York, LA. So it was for them. Baltimore got involved, I want to say in July of the 2019. Okay. And what happened was I saw an award and I was like, Baller Magazine came out of war for best, best podcast. And I looked at the list and I was like, I don't know any of these shows. Mm -hmm. Why is my name now on this list? And from that point on, the July or August of 2019, it was my choice. My my goal was I'm going to win it next year, and I'm going to win it with no doubt. And I'm going to win it again, and I'm going to keep on winning it. And um, here we are now, three years three years later, and have won back to back to back to back. So it's a blessing. But what did you have to change to win? Like how that it wasn't you had to change what you were doing to Correct. win. It's not that you weren't doing good shows, but you had to raise the ante. So what did you do to change that? So one thing that I did was I, you know, as you know, you walked in my neighborhood and we walked Which, around. By the way, I loved, I mean, your neighborhood is really cool. Thank you. And um, I just really, and rent, and, you know, and it's like, let me go to the restaurants. Let me go to the mom and pop stores. Let me learn their stories. Where do people shop in my area? Why, you know, you, and I really wanted to say, Northeast Baltimore was my area. 
I want to learn Northeast Baltimore. I want people to say, you're that podcast guy, which they do now. And they say, hey, you're doing great work. Keep on telling about our community. Please keep on telling these positive stories. And that's what I went after. I was like, let's talk about positive Baltimore stories. Mm -hmm. And this was during a time when um, a former president called Baltimore a derogatory name. And it was all in one hit when we just, it just was, I'm telling positive stories. He said a negative thing on national TV and it was like, it, hit, it was like all like coincided one hit. And people are like, oh my goodness, I'm glad you're talking back and letting the world know we have a great things going on here. So that's right. the positivity people want. You can hear negativity on all the alphabet stations, but how many times do you hear positivity? Not too much. And it's far and far beyond. And that's where my niche came in and people have fell in love with that. Well, and let's talk about your neighborhood because, you know, I, wasn't familiar with the neighborhood and you were generous enough to invite me there. And, you know, initially I was like, oh, Aaron's like the mayor of the street. But then everybody you talk to seemed to be the mayor of the street. Like everybody knows everybody. There's all this new construction, a new building. And um, but it's so community focused. Um, Great restaurants, little shops. You have a Zeke's coffee shop. You have all these things there. So, I mean, how did you, you you built your your sort of foundation there and then grew out? Yes, you're exactly right. So what I did was Zeke's Coffees was one of the first people who were like, hey, let's, hey, have me on my show. So you have a Zeke's in DC. We have the original ones in Baltimore. Um, another place called uh, Maggie's Farm. That's just, that's been on Thrill List and whatnot. Another great restaurant. Hey, can, you, can we come on your show? You know, uh, so a lot of restaurants are like, we need help. We want get, get us more people to come out here. And that's what I like. I like talking about little restaurants, little shops mom and pop shops and people are like oh my god i love going over there i love coming so the community really backed me you know and that was really major when we have community events hey you're the podcast guy can you talk to you know and it was very exciting and it's still exciting to this day when i go out and people are like, hey can you talk about my restaurant or my store or my whatever and because it's so much investment in where you live and people really really invest on where they live and they really enjoy it and to be a good representation and a beacon for the city People really enjoy that. And that's what we want to hear, positivity. Well, on that note, let's just kind of talk about Baltimore. And so now that you're you're not just focused on your neighborhood, not that there is anything wrong with it, but um, now you're telling stories, of, you're talking to politicians, you're doing cultural, you're doing you're doing culture, food, politics. I mean, you're hitting everything. You're, you're not in one specific genre. So how did you decide to hit those things as a part of the of your conversations and people you were talking to? You know, I've never wanted to be boxed in as a podcaster. I never wanted to be known as this guy's only doing politics. That's all he does, politics. You don't want to, oh, he only does food. So I don't really want to hear him. Oh, he only does this. Every week there's always a, a, a mystery of who's going to be on the show. Right. So people are always waiting. Who's going to be on next? Who's going to be on next? And as, as people like that, it gives you a variety. I always tell people, I'm like Baskin Robbins. I have almost 200 flavors for you to listen to. Right. Whatever you want, I have something for you. Um, how, did I, how did I figure it out? I, you know, I don't fight it. I get a list of, what I do is I have, like, I have a blackboard and people request and say, hey, can we be on the show? And I look at it and say, does this make sense? Does this make sense what I'm talking about? Does this fit into the season I'm doing? Does this really make sense? Am I going to talk about three different restaurants season? Probably not. We'll probably talk about two. Uh, How many politicians are we going to talk to? Maybe one or two. We're not going to overload one thing. 
Let's talk about people who are doing women who are doing amazing things in this society that we haven't heard about. Because it's always my theme has always been the voices of the unheard. And I always wanted to make sure the voices of the unheard were heard. And that's how I hopefully I can do that for people. Well, and I think you're really doing that. So what would you say is like your highlight so far? Like you've interviewed some amazing people. Who are a couple that you're like, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is insane. Well, okay. So that's, you know, I think the one that was the stuck sticks out to me is DSMs from Lobo 1707. I mean, she used to run Chirac Vaca. Now she runs Lobo with, with LeBron James. She used to work with uh, P. Diddy. I mean, me, her, her and I talking, laughing. I mean, I couldn't believe I was in the room with that, talking with her. Um, another guy by the name of Donna Burston, who is on the scene right now for Rose Wine. He's out of Baltimore. Chris Paul is a big investor. He's everywhere in Cannes. He's everywhere. I mean, and we're doing an event in Baltimore coming soon. So that's pretty cool. That's a little exclusive. Okay, right what's there. the event? Uh, we can't, I haven't got a date down, but it's a little exclusive. It's coming. It's okay. coming. Okay. date. But I'll let you know. I mean, it, did you say rosé? I mean, a, a rosé event. Say, I'm going to be there, so you better <laughs> let me know about it. I will let you know. So things like that, you know. Um, at an interview, Mr. Alex Smith from Alex from Atlas Restaurants. Mm-hmm. He never does interviews, and he said, "Aaron, you know, I like you because you're real. You're talking. You're telling, talking to the people. That's what we need." Well, and, can we go deep on that a little bit about? Go ahead. Alex? Go ahead. You know, they've had issues and. How did you handle that with him? Like, you know, I knew this. I knew this was gonna... a lot of problems uh, in the restaurant field uh, with their hosp- lack of hospitality. And, uh, you know, they've been accused of racism multiple times. Um, so how did you deal with that? You know, I knew going into it what, what it was all about. I, but, but, but what I do, Ms. Nikki, is I do my market research. Mm-hmm. So they've had issues with hospital with, with some racism in the past with some dress codes in the past. And I said, okay, all right, you know, let, let's, let's dig a little bit deeper. Are people boycotting? Are African-Americans, people of color boycotting the restaurants? Mm-hmm. You guess what? You go there on a Saturday night, at any of his restaurants, it's pretty packed with African-Americans there. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, and, and you know, you, you're like, okay. So it's kind of like, do you stop going to McDonald's? Do you stop going to Wendy's because you had bad service? Do you stop going because they had some issues? Do you stop or not? I mean, I know people who have had horrendous service, but they might go back. But I wanted to talk with him and look him in his and look him in his eyes and ask him, what were your thoughts? And he he has some good answers for the interview. So you gotta check the interview out because he tells you. Okay, I can't give you the whole exclusive on that, but you gotta check the interview out because he talks about him doing he was heading for DEI training for the city of Baltimore for restaurants. Mm. Okay. We talked about some issues where you can't be there all he, he cannot be there 24-7. What CEO can be there? You know, you can only do what you can do. And, you know, I think a lot of people came with the interview, interview impressed and they were excited because they don't, they, he, you never hear him talk. And anything that you've seen, you never see him talk. He doesn't talk. Mm. And he gives you the answers in this interview. So that gives you a little teaser. For yeah, everybody. It does awesome. a teaser. I'm, I'm very interested in it. I mean, listen, I don't think a CEO can be in charge of everything that happens in his restaurants, but when, you don't know who's enacting your rules and it's not and it's not done uh, evenly across the board in the hospitality industry at the end of the day it is your fault 
because you are the CEO and, you know, it comes from the top. So, um, yeah, I'm very eager to hear what he had to say um, because, you know, I mean, aside from their uh, hospitality issues and their accusations of racism, there are some industry side issues that they have been accused of as well, as far as treating their staff well, things of that nature. Um, so, you know, I'm thrilled that you had the opportunity to talk with them. Well, and I tell people this, and this is me being straightforward. You can't talk about Baltimore if you don't talk about Atlas Restaurant. They're huge. And that's, and that's point blank. I got a lot of flack for that interview, but I said, how can you ignore him? Right. He, I mean, how many restaurants do they have? They have like seven restaurants? Seven eight. or eight. It's a lot. They have a, a lot. lot. And they're so everywhere. You, can't, and you have in Baltimore County. You have in Baltimore City. So you can't talk about the Baltimore region without Atlas Restaurants. And I, I do mean, think large restaurant groups, I mean, at, during this time, there is a upheaval and a real change in the culture of restaurants. Mm -hmm. And uh, some groups are just, you know, catching up. You know right. what I mean? Just catching gotcha. up on how it's changing. And it's, and it's not easy, and especially for these larger groups. I mean, I, I totally get it. All right, well, I'm glad you had that opportunity. Now, you're also doing a lot of, like, live remotes you're doing shows live at festivals and things like that how did that become a part of what you're doing well you mentioned it earlier you said something about how did you pivot how did you how did you make moves how did you reinvent yourself how do you differentiate yourself from everybody else so you look at what is everybody doing most podcasters have audio okay great then you have other podcasters who do video and audio that's great also Mm -hmm. All right, cool. How do I get myself so people can identify and say, oh, that's the guy that I'm listening to. Get yourself out in front of people. And I've done a live shows at Union Union uh, Craft Brewing in Baltimore. I've done live shows called Open Works. I did a live show at a festival, as you met, AFRAM, um, which was amazing. Over, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to give the wrong number. I mean, people were there. But put it this way, I was busy from 9, probably from 10 o'clock to 6 o'clock interviewing people all day and people have hit a huge audience of people watching mm -hmm. and it was it was breathtaking because i had people who i never knew i love your show keep on talking about it i love your show and that's the impact you're making so being out people to shake your hand they want to talk with you they want to be with you they want to be a part of it and that's the beautiful thing so i'm doing a lot more live shows coming up this year um I got some big ones coming up, so I can't, yeah, so that's some big ones uh, with some big-time companies that I'm excited about that I just signed on, so I think people want to be out, people want to be a part of something, and why not be having part of the, of the show, and I, I always tell people are the reason why this show exists. Right. I can do something, but you guys are the ones who listen. And well, watch. When doing, so when you're doing the live ones, are you saying that, like, people just come up to you and they become part of the interview. You're just, you just do it or you do your homework beforehand. I do my homework, but I have certain, I have certain guests on, on a live, on a live show, but then I have questions out in the audience that come out and it's random. This is raw, raw, uncut, unfiltered, but you know what you have, you have a good crowd. You know, it's going to be there. You know, people, you know, your audience, you know, your audience is going to come with hard hitting questions. And that's what I like about it. So like the Rosé event, you know, that's going to be inviting only a crowd. You know, who's going to be there. You, right. you, kind of, you kind of make it like if I like the union, the union one was an invite only open works was invite only. So you don't really have Afram was wide open. Right. So, that, so that was, so that was a little different, but you know, it was a time of love, peace and happiness. Everybody's wanted to be outside and it was like great time. So I didn't, it, I really don't have any issues, but with 
the, with interviews, I know I had the people scheduled for the AFRAM who were coming, the teams, like I had the mayor on. I had Wes Moore, who's a candidate for governor for Maryland on. So Brooke Lehrman on. So it goes on and on. All those people come on because they want their voices heard. Well, and I think that, I, to me, that is so impressive that you're able to get people of that caliber on to talk to you because let's be honest. I mean, you and I are both in this field. There's, you know, people want to share their message, but they are um, intentional usually with who they share the message to. So I think it's a huge deal that you were able to talk with Westmore and Brooke Learman and help them, you know, use your platform to share their message. I just think it's amazing. Now, what are you doing next? Are you coming to DC? What's the plan? No, I was in DC last night, actually. I was uh, doing some um, things with Arena DC, Arena Stage DC. I went to go see the play Holiday last night. Uh, I was really, really good. So um, I'm working on some DC things, you know, I'm not invading your area. I'm just, I'm I'm having a little little piece of the pie, you know, everybody's, so I call it big pizza, you know? Um, you do your thing and I love what you do. I love what you do. I mean, you have one of those coolest shows and I'm like, I aspire to be like what you have going on for so many years. Um, but just really getting the more tourist side, tourism side, um, trying to figure out with US tourism, just did an interview with Destination DC. So again, we're, we're putting our, we're putting, you know, our toes in the water and okay. I learned a little bit more about DC, but you know, the more and more I learn about more DC, I, more and more I love DC. And I'm, I can't wait for what's supposed to come. And again, with great people like you who are willing to open your arms and say, hey, what do you need? How can I help you? I mean, it's a beautiful thing. So I truly appreciate you. Well, and how do you feel about, you know, and I think we talked about this when you had me on your show, where, you know, I get this all the time. Like, it's Baltimore versus D.C. Like, I, you know, people will write me and be like, you know, like on social media and say, um, you know, Baltimore is a better culinary town than DC. Mm-hmm. DC is better brunch than Baltimore. And I'm like, can't, why are we doing this? Why the competition? How do you feel about that? You know, it's interesting you say that because I mean, I know we're 30 miles apart, 35, whatever miles apart. But so when you say, when we hear the DMV, I think, when I think of DMV, I don't think Baltimore DMV. I think DMV is DC, you know, Northern Virginia. That's okay. what I think. Virginia and Montgomery, Montgomery County. Prince George's County. Yep. Okay. So that's, that's the separation right there. You already got the separation right there. Mm-hmm. All right. Now I think DC has amazing food. I, th- I don't know why we always fight about different things because my friends, DC, they come in like, we have the best brunch on Sunday. Now I'm not going to lie. DC brunches are amazing. They are amazing. You probably won't walk out. You probably can't walk out of it because it's all day brunch, but Baltimore is the same good thing. And I think people just need to go and travel. Travel, open your eyes up and see things. And you know what? I love going to DC and then and helping DC out. And I love just like you come like come to Baltimore. So at the end of the day, we're all in this together. And I think we're going to support our entrepreneurs and businesses out here. And let's do that. Let's not worry about I'm from DC or I'm from Baltimore. Let's just enjoy and celebrate and highlight what they got going on. Just like you're from DC or Baltimore. Oh, you're a DC podcast. No, I'm not going to be that way. No, let, let, let's work together. Why would we want to work together? Let's collab and figure out how we can be a bigger thing. That's how I look at things. Well, I think that's a smart way to look at it. So tell me right now in Baltimore, some of the things you're seeing, whether it's restaurants or cultural happenings, festivals, whatever it is that are coming up that you know, you're know you most excited about. I'm seeing a lot more black owned restaurants coming up that's popping up out of nowhere. I mean, 
it's, it's, it's like a renaissance of food. I mean, the arts is a guy by the name of Brandon Woody, who's an amazing trumpet guy. He's everywhere. I mean, this guy is everywhere. I mean, you'll see him. Another guy by the name of Ekio, who does the shirt design. His shirts are on uh, Netflix shows. He's he's on everything. So, there's, I mean, there's so many talented people in Baltimore right now. There's like a renaissance that people are like, oh, it's coming. And it's exciting to see there's a tech scene that you probably don't even know about that's starting to blow up in Baltimore. And they're just getting bigger and bigger. And it's like, there's so many, I mean, Marvel's been in Baltimore now. Disney's been in bar, doing animate with Baltimore. So there's so many things that people don't know about that I'm learning. And people are like, hey, I want to get you in the show. Can you get, come on, can I come on your show and talk about these things? And I'm excited to talk about that because I think people need to hear that. And that's those voices that are the unheard, that's what we're talking about. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they have it here. Baltimore has so many things amazing food restaurants i mean i did an interview with vice tv last week vice found me and said we want to learn about more, more about baltimore take us out to, take us out for the night and we, we went munchies which is called show called munchies i mean i was full after the whole day but we went coco's which is the best crab kick in baltimore city and actually i'm gonna say coco's is the best crab kick well, in the city of maryland you said coco's that's in your neighborhood right yeah yeah, yeah. right yeah. i will put that crab kick against anybody in anywhere okay. um coco's we stopped there then went to clavel which is one of the best restaurants uh the guy carlos was on a gordon knight was the james beard list uh clavel uh his name is carlos he's on the owners for clavel it's amazing mexican food he um i mean it's out of this world another restaurant went to was black swan that's very posh very chic dress he's just really black owned it's, it's i mean these are all happening spots that people just need to check out. And I just really love the city. I'm Maggie's Farm is in my neighborhood also. I'll become a farm farm the table. So, and then you go, you got Zeke's here. So we have something for everybody. And I gave Vice a crab cake seafood. I gave him crab cake. Then I went to some Mexican food. Then we went to Black Swan and I got a chicken box. Chicken box, if you don't know anything about that, that's four wings, fries, salt, pepper, ketchup. Kind of like you put the mumbo sauce on it, we put okay. the salt, pepper, and ketchup on it. And okay. that's, there's no big difference. But they were, when the vice walked away from there, they were like, wow, we did not know all this. This is amazing city. And I said, that's what we want. We just want to show good representation. I want you to walk away with that, like, wow, Baltimore's things going on. But also, I feel like you showed them parts of Baltimore that people aren't really seeing, you know, unless you live there. So I think there is what we give to those who come from the outside, but you gave them a real inside view. Like this is where people who live here eat, which I- Right, where are you going? So if brunch is so great in Baltimore, where am I going for brunch? It all depends on what you want. Okay. (laughs) It all depends on what you want. I mean, do you want, I mean, there's so many, I mean, if you want a happy party dance atmosphere, I would say Black Swan because Black Swan is a DJ who's spending or they have a DJ spending on Sunday or they have uh, somebody who's playing an instrument on, on Saturday. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I like it's live. If you want just some home cooking food, I mean, you go to Maggie's Farm, they have shrimp and grits. They have a seafood and grits with either the fish of the week with salmon and scallops in it, yeah. which is amazing. And I mean, why not? I mean, it's, there's so many different places. Uh, Silver Queen, another place in my neighborhood. You don't really have to go so far to get food because every neighborhood has something really great. You know, you can go to Fells Point. You can go. You can go to Cannes. You can go to. You know, you can go downtown to the main. You haven't mentioned what is the name of your neighborhood? It's uh, Hamilton Laurelville. Right, Hamilton, Hamilton. Laurelville. Because 
I feel like when people go to Baltimore, you know, they either go to Harvard East or they go to Fells Point. I mean, those are the names that people know, you right. know, but your neighborhood is up and coming. It is. It is. And the bridge just the bridge that connected the, us to the city is now open again. So now it's instead of a 15 minute ride, it's a 10 minute ride downtown now. That's so amazing. that so it, it's amazing. It's a beautiful thing. And I like that's why it's so important when people listen to my show. They're like, we love that you represent where you live, especially Northeast Baltimore. And that's why I always highlight the business around because your community is only as good as you are. You want to make sure your community is uplifted and built. And that's what's about community. I couldn't agree with you more. All right. So, Aaron, what's next? What are we going to hear? What are we going to see? see you and uh, give everybody like all your details. What's next? I mean, we're going to finish up the season. You're on it. Can't wait for yours to come out. Okay. We have Destination DC coming out, the CEO coming out. We have a couple of PR firms that will be out. We have a Thanksgiving special that we might be doing that's coming out. We right. also ha- have a foodie one, which is like the three biggest. This is now. This is this is not even out yet, but we're doing a three biggest food bloggers in the city, and we're all sitting down at a restaurant talking. Man, and I think cool. that people need to hear that conversation. So I'm very excited about that. Um, doing some stuff in DC uh, with Arena DC coming out with a couple of plays. So we we'll interviewing a couple of what they have going on out there. Um, and then I got some big stuff coming up New Year that can't touch now, but exciting United Way Central Maryland just started sponsoring my show, okay. which is really, really big. United Way, they believe in what I'm doing. So it's very exciting. So you'll see the CEO on the show and I'll be doing some things, but um, I, you'll see some things coming up with booze, which is going to start coming around, which okay. is very exciting. I love booze in Baltimore. Yes. Yes. Uh, doing, uh, I mean, I'm sure you and I know a lot of the same people, but there's a lot of people doing really great things. Right. And that's, and a lot of people now, after I just did like a visit Baltimore thing for them, the door, I mean, I can't really keep my phone from blowing up on emails like, hey, we want you. How, how can we QMC our event? Can you moderate your event? So I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I might need an assistant now. So it's uh, it's exciting. It's very exciting. So if you want to find me, you can find me at no picks P I X after dark um, on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on TikTok. You can find me on all those social media things. You might be seeing, see, see me do some stupid on TikTok, but that's what the kids like nowadays. You can also find me on no picks after dark podcast on YouTube. I'm trying to build this YouTube page up folks. So that's the way, that's the way things are going. It looks like so YouTube, but I mean, we'll keep the audio. Audio is always going to be the best. Audio is always going to stay there. And so I'm excited about that. But I'm excited just to be a part of your show. And I'm excited that hopefully we can work together and do a live show in D.C. Oh, wouldn't that be great? I'd love to do that. I think think, this could bring really cool people to the table together. And I'm honored. It's a pleasure to be on your show. So thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Aaron. Well, wasn't that terrific? I always love learning about new people in uh, this medium, what they're doing, how they're doing it. And I just think that um, Aaron is really doing interesting things in Baltimore and now soon in DC. So we'll have to uh, keep tabs on him to see what he's doing. And uh, please pay attention to what 
Mana is doing with their fifth animal food recovery week. This DMV recovery week is so important and you can really get involved. So please check out all of it. Of course, you can find everything you heard about today on the list, are you on it.com. Follow me at Nikki Nellis, N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And stay tuned next week. I'll be filling you all in on everything that happened at the Embassy Chef Challenge. Uh, everybody be safe out there and have a delicious week. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Real fun DC.